0: Every leader has a strategy. Executing on that strategy is the challenge. If you want to learn how to effectively achieve what you've set out to accomplish, then this show is for you.
1: Gain keen insights and listen in as leaders share their stories and challenges. Soar Vision Group and the Baldridge Foundation welcome you to Leader Dialogue Radio. This is duffy dixon with business radio x thanks so much for joining us joining me is jennifer strahan the chief operating officer of soar vision group she's also president of business optimization services jennifer has partnered hands-on with more than 100 health systems across the country she helps them transform their strategic administrative and clinical operations this is what we call our deep dive and uh, it's just the two of us because as we gave a hard time to ben Last week, let's go ahead and give a hard time to him again. He's still in Hawaii.
0: <laughs> the shame and the nerve. <laughs>
1: <laughs> the nerve of that man. But we will, we will soldier on without him. Ben is the CEO of Soar Vision Group. Um, last week, we met with Sandy McKenzie, who was the executive vice president and the COO of Hamilton Health in Dalton, Georgia. And boy, was she good.
0: Isn't she amazing?
1: She is amazing. And, and really, to me had a lot of insights on how to be a good leader and leadership and how it should happen. Um, And it's something she's obviously in healthcare, but what we talked about just could be for any business, small or big.
0: Right, It, it really goes across the board. So what I love about it is if you recall, we talked about the organizational hierarchy of needs last week and how leadership and curiosity is really a pillar that kind of goes vertically across the board all the way through every single layer of that hierarchy and to me sandy is someone who i've been fortunate to know for again like the past 7 to 8 years and she just exudes leadership to me and you know it's over the years i've thought a lot about what is it that really kind of creates that essence and for me one of the big pieces is that she is just such a genuine and authentic person and there's something about leaders when you see an authentic leader that they're very real they'll share with you the good the bad and the ugly and I think that was really evident in our discussion last week, because if you recall, she even talked about how many people C-suite people are going to come on here and say, Hey, we had a problem with bullying. No one's right. that transparent. I mean, that's just authenticity that shows here's where we we've, they've done a lot of work to obviously not have that as part of their culture. But that to me is just the essence of transparency. You know, as we talk, any company,
1: it starts from the top up. If you don't have the leadership from the very top, Doing everything else is extremely uh, hard to do. I liked to, yes, yeah, she was authentic and she was also, even, Even you're right, when she was sharing the, the, the struggles they had had, there was a positivity about mm-hmm. her and, and also a very confident spirit about her. And we talked about leaders, some leaders... They, they lead through
0: fear. Mm-hmm. I mean,
1: that's a very common model, and it's not a good model.
0: Right. So it, it kind of begs the question when you start to think about leadership, there's always a dis- distinction. Um, a lot of business leaders have heard this, but a lot of people who are maybe relatively new to leadership or maybe their their background's not in a business field, there's a distinction between leadership and management. Okay. And so one of my favorite quotes is by Peter Drucker, who is a very well-known um, a uh, business leader he does a lot of work with Harvard and he talks a lot about management's doing things right leadership is doing the right things which okay. leads it lends itself to know what should we be doing when do we say no and as part of that that requires focus and again that transparency and that constant communication with people Uh, but there's a difference in leading by power versus influence and I think fear often makes us lead by power and not by influence so her idea was to lead by
1: getting everyone in on the why Mm -hmm. of why they're doing what they're supposed to Hamilton Health has came down with heart the heart of Hamilton right and I thought this was such a genius way to put it. Everyone in the company, top to bottom, should be should be working with compassion. The goal is compassion.
0: Right. And I and the other piece of that, so their purpose was to serve with compassion. That's right. Which I also really love the service serve, part. Yeah. Right. So whether it's healthcare or not, making sure that it's again, every business you're designed to support and serve others. I mean, that's that's what keeps you in business. For profit, nonprofit, it doesn't matter. Uh, and so, I think that's a really important point. And it it's interesting because it, it brings back that power of why, which and that we often think about when we communicate things. We have to make sure we are clearly articulating why we are trying to do something, and not just that we are doing it or how we are doing it or what we are doing. There's got to be the piece of it that actually says why. Because people buy into the why. They don't buy into necessarily the what. And Sandy was honest enough
1: to say that that is a struggle that she's still, not a struggle, but something that she always has in the back of her mind. When I, you know, when we have a leadership goal, am I uh, communicating that to the people around me? And she said, am I, and she even put it blunt, blunter than that. She said, am I Explain to them what's in it for them.
0: Right, right. That's Which that. is another way of saying with why. Them. Right, right. <laughs> with, so we say that, that what's in it for me is with them. Okay. Um, so it's another nice little acronym. It's one of my favorites to actually use a lot because it's relevant to everything. So what's interesting is what popped in my mind when she started talking about that and how relevant that is to think about, are we communicating the why or are we just assuming you know? And Uh, a lot of time, our assumptions, you guys know what they say about assumptions, right? They're not a good thing. So they're one of my favorite books. uh, And I know I reference these a lot. And I think Ben throws out books a lot. I love it because I write them all down. Good. So one of my all-time favorites is actually called Made to Stick. It's by Dan and and Chip Heath. uh, They're brothers out in, I think, Stanford. Um, And this book is actually about communication, but it's relevant to everything. So it doesn't matter if it's one-on-one communication or speaking on a broad audience. And it talks about The successful components of communication like making it concrete, making it where it's something you can relate to and and, and so on and so forth but one of the things they bring up that I've always remembered is they call it the curse of knowledge so we tend to think when we know things once we've learned it in whatever sense that is we tend to think other people are on the same level the struggle with that is that then we're communicating at that level and they may or may not be with us. And they might be nodding their heads and they might have no idea what we're talking about. And so if we make the assumption that they know why we're doing something or just that we're even doing something at all, and then we come back around and nothing nothing gets done, it's very hard to hold people accountable when there was never that clear articulation in the first place.
1: And how likely do you think it is if you and I are working together and you are talking On a level that i'm not completely understanding do you think i'm going to stop you and say i'm sorry wait a minute i don't understand i mean you would hope that would happen but as the leader or as the person in the senior management position what a great thing to remember assume assume they don't know everything that you know right i've been guilty of that i know i have
0: so that's a really good point because we have individuals who are really smart people right in every field people are trained whether it's a You know a technical degree or certification or what technical skill set rather that they know or a very high doctorate level degree or multiple degrees some people just like to have those under their belt whatever it is we all have different levels of expertise right and some of it could be that for example stay at home parents I mean they have a level of expertise and I'll tell you patients that I never would have uh, but we sometimes forget that just because I don't know the specific topic you're talking about doesn't make me a dumb person.
1: No, I just need to understand. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. About it.
0: And I think that's important to realize that it's okay to ask or to clarify or to stop someone and say, I don't know what you're talking about. Or, or maybe we just didn't articulate it very well. And actually I know exactly what you're saying, but you just didn't say it in a way that I can relate to. Right. When I
1: love too, that she said a lot of her, um, she she believes a a lot of her uh, experience in leadership and what she's learned is it's about relationships Mm -hmm. that kind of goes back to her being authentic
0: right yeah I totally agree I think that also is evidence in the way that she she uh, leads in general because she talks about um, it goes to that influence and being able to have that that communication that clear accountability just to relate this back if you think about we talked about talked about this at some point on the show, is the communication flywheel. Yes. And if you recall, it starts with honest, robust dialogue. And there's a ground level of trust or loyalty that has to be there to be able to have that. Or else there's a vulnerability that as a leader, you have to be willing to come in and say, you know, I'm going to put this out there because maybe it's not a high trust environment Um, or to the point Sandy made, you know, maybe there's bullying. It's really hard to open up when you feel like what you're going to say is going to be kind of bullied or taken down. Exactly. Exactly. But if you don't have that dialogue, you can't have commitment. You can't hold people accountable without that. And therefore, you aren't going to get results. And it's not going to stem and breed more trust and, and loyalty. So where i say that and what that brings bring it back to is that all of that's based on relationships so when you have a bad experience with someone it's a really great analogy is it's like bank a bank right mm-hmm. so you make deposits of really good things like you know they talked about putting their hand over their their badge their heart for when you show you were showing really good heart of hamilton right when you were doing values. Yeah. right um, but there's also withdrawals that happen when we either don't do what we said we were going to do or we make someone feel uncomfortable or whatever the case is. And that's that balance that you're constantly managing with relationships.
1: Something else she said, which uh, is may, may shock some people, is failure is okay. Yes. Now, she was quick to say that the, the, the senior leader has to say it first, Yes. that failure it is it, okay. And then you had a, a nice You had a nice saying with that. Yeah,
0: so fail, fail quickly, fail often, right? So you'll hear that a lot actually in like Silicon Valley terms. So a lot, especially I think when you get into those tech companies, they are constantly how do we explore new options? But if it doesn't work, we have to be on move to the next thing. Um, I think a lot of times in business, we think if it didn't work, we go back to what we originally were doing, right? But we know that's not working, so like that doesn't make any sense. But that's what we know and. And that familiarity is what creates comfort, even if it's wrong. And even if we know it's not right, it's, it's pushing us out of our comfort zone to fail because nobody likes to fail.
1: Right. But failure is OK.
0: It is OK. And I think some of the best companies in the world show that Amazon's a great example. Um, so they they talk about failure in that same capacity where it's OK to fail. And one of my favorite examples of that is being willing to fail. It doesn't mean you always will. But, for example, Amazon, when they I don't know if we talked about this before, but when they developed Prime, Mm-hmm. Are, you, are you a big Prime person? I am. So I we am We did too. talk about yes. this because
1: I love my Prime. Yes,
0: exactly. <laughs> so they started that knowing they were going to lose money, right? And anticipating failure, and it turned out to be one of their their best successes, in my opinion. I mean, probably because I'm a big Prime person. And when they jumped up the price, I'm like, whatever, I we, get the. None value. of us balked. <laughs> none <laughs> of us balked. I am still, we, and my husband, and I had that had
1: the discussion. I said, no, we're keeping. Yes, it, it is so worth the money. Yeah, exactly.
0: Uh, So one of the things that might be interesting to talk a little bit about are maybe some common mistakes we make in leadership. Yes,
1: please. Uh, Because
0: I'm sure I would love to hear, you've had leaders, I've had leaders. We usually have great leaders on occasion, but we can almost always pinpoint the bad leaders. Right. So what are some things that come to mind for you in terms of poor leaders? And then I can share some as well.
1: So I know that I've had frustration over the years. I'm someone who, when I was in television news, Mm -hmm. um, I've done a number of years, and I've been I was successful in that I did my job well Um, I found when I would get new leaders there a lot of times was micromanagement Mm -hmm. Um, and I you know anyone who's being micromanaged first of of all it's taking up your time second of all it makes you doubt is this something I've never been doing so I would I would get calls and you know are you doing this or um, very basic things have you done Mm -hmm. this have you done this it's sort of like, as you said, you have, a, you have a wealth of knowledge. It's like asking if I brushed my teeth before I walked out the door, right? <laughs> yeah, of course okay. I did. Um, but but I, I've had people since then say, micromanagement is sometimes a, a lack of leadership skills on the leader's part. You know, Instead of setting the broad agenda or setting the vision and empowering you mm-hmm. to do your job, it's second guessing you or just assuming you're not gonna do it right. Um, my best leaders I have had have clearly stated what they want what is expected of us and then we are empowered to go do it oh that's good and if we fail to do it if something does go we we are called to the table said this
0: is not what I expected what happened and how do we not do it again yeah So, just relating this back to the organizational hierarchy of needs, if you look at the bottom layer around colleague engagement, there's essentially three components to that. Recruit quality associates, elevate performance, and enable ownership behaviors. And if we are not leading as as leaders in an organization, you're never going to be able to recruit and retain good staff. And so, you're right. So, empowerment, that really lends itself to that ownership behavior of what we're starting to look at. Um, what comes to mind for me is I think a lot of times it happens when people lead by fear. Oh, and the lead by fear is huge. And yeah. I think it's, I think in this day
1: and age, it is the default leadership
0: hmm.
1: mode or mode. And I don't, I, it's not a good thing, but I, I hear a lot of people say, you know, I'm, I'm afraid to do something wrong or it's, you don't, if you don't do this right, right. you'll lose your job. And the fear of going to work every oh, day yeah. and losing your job, that
0: is no way to work. Right. So as a leader, you don't want people who operate in fear. And as an employee, you don't want to live in fear. That's a really great point. Um, so again, we can probably all pinpoint bosses that have been in that instance and hopefully not times that we've been in those instances as well, but you start to see it. But what's interesting about it is that it tends to manifest in things like you're talking about micromanagement or that lack of trust because you, that, Tends to be what happens. We're not. We don't trust someone. Um, and in, in all fairness, again, a lot of our leaders are really talented in the skill set that they have. That they may or may not be necessarily promoted based on leadership style. They may be promoted because they're really good in that skill set. So just to relate this as examples in healthcare, nurses and physicians are very smart people, engineers as well, right? Um, any Teachers, people are often promoted because they're good at the skill that they were trained in. But we don't, and I think this is actually a flaw in our education, is that we don't often train people on how to do leadership and change management, which is a huge part of leadership, and emotional intelligence in the midst of how they actually do their, their, their job with their skill set as well. So explain
1: emotional intelligence, because you have brought up that term before. I know you and Ben have talked about that.
0: Yeah. So essentially, when we think about emotional intelligence, we're looking at the capacity to know how I will respond in situations emotionally and how others will respond emotionally and being able to navigate that. So examples could be I think body language is a big part of this, but it's even being able to think about it beyond and, and recognizing how will you, we talked about with them, what's in it for me, right? Do I know what your with them is? You know, do I know what you're thinking about in this instance? Uh, do I know how you're going to respond? Are you going into, Oh, well, if we make this change, that means you're not going to need me. So now I'm going to operate in fear because I feel like you're going to lose, I'm going to lose my job. Right. That goes back to communication. So being able to recognize how people may respond in situations, whether or not it's true, because, perception you alluded to this last week with sandy you know perception is often reality right and that's how we relate to things regardless Uh, but it comes in from from a lot of different components and being able to guide our thinking and our behaviors is is something that really is evident with strong leaders
1: and how important is that because do a lot of leaders consider how the information is going to be received um, the emotional reaction
0: of their of their employees? I think it's critical. Think about it. Um, Sandy mentioned a really good quote she said last week, which was you, they were been working on combining the art of medicine with the science of medicine. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's actually, healthcare is a great example because it's a very emotional environment. Right. I mean, we talked about people are not there just, you know, like going to a roller coaster. <laughs> I mean, they're there usually, usually by and far because they don't want to be there. They're uncomfortable. Something is wrong. And so there's a level of, fear that they're they're very nervous and anxious about and if you just go in and blindly del- deliver news without knowing where someone's at you, they're not a lot of times either not gonna hear you not comprehend you right. and therefore you're not gonna get what you want out of it so think about it. how many times hopefully not many but if you've ever been in a situation where you walk in and you get bad news anything right it doesn't have to be health related it can be maybe about your job maybe about a family member maybe about just something you uh, you know whatever something that takes away a level of security from you you stop like you hear that and then you often stop listening right so if you're not in tune with that as a leader then how in the world are you going to get what you need out of them and how are you going to make sure they get what they need from that conversation because so you have to be aware of it again whether it's with an employee with a customer with a peer with a boss you have to be aware of how they will respond to those situations well, you know, we talked about some of the common
1: leadership mistakes, so.
0: Yes. So here's an interesting um, piece of it. This was from an article that was, I think, in 2017 um, by, uh, in Business News Daily, where it talks about some of the common leadership mistakes. We talked about fear a lot. Right. Other ones that they mentioned would be lacking humility. Oh, yeah. Um, thinking too emotionally. So that's really good if you're too close to a situation. Uh, avoiding conflict. Which is actually really important because if you have someone who comes up to you and you can relate to them in a situation and then you talk to someone on the other side and you're like, hey, I can relate in this situation and I promise you one thing and I promise someone else but it's in direct conflict with one another because I'm trying to avoid a difficult situation, then it's just going to create a bomb later on down the road, right?
1: So I guess Um, that's one of the things is being a leader, it's not always easy and you have to be able to – Manage you have conflict. to have the
0: tough conversations. Tough conversations, yeah. yeah. Um, my best advice for that is plan for it. So never walk into a tough conversation thinking I'm just going to wing it. It's the worst thing you could possibly do for anything. Uh, and again, since we throw books out there, there is a good series. It's called Crucial Conversations where it teaches people how to respond in and plan for tough situations. Okay. Um, the other things that they bring up would be taking on unnecessary work. And then not having faith in your abilities, which is, again, I think also stems, a lot of these, I think, kind of the root cause behind these would be fear. And so we start, we were kind of chatting before the show about how uh, I think a sign of a good leader is when you have people under you who are promoted. Right. Along in their journey. Right. Um, I think that's one of the best things. And that's the biggest compliment to a leader is when you can say oh wow you know this person who came to me at whatever capacity has now moved on and now they're maybe they're ahead of me or farther up the chain you know that's such a testimony to be able to recognize that you helped coach that person obviously they're doing a lot of that they're working hard for it right so being able to acknowledge that and not feel like jealous or uncomfortable or you know um, anything like that it it really makes a difference
1: And I think for uh, employees, leaders who, and it has to be, it has to be um, true. I mean, you can't make it up, but leaders and managers who take the time to legitimately thank you or or say you did a good job or you did the right thing. That seems so uh, simple, but Mm -hmm. it it rarely happens. And I don't know it's because people get busy or because we like to focus on what went wrong versus what went right. But employees, I think I think the value of employee being acknowledged or, and it doesn't have, they don't win a prize or nobody gets a trophy, but just saying good job, thanks for yeah. doing that. That common courtesy, which goes back to, as in with the hospital, serving with compassion, right. telling a coworker you did a good job right. or that was exactly what we're going for. I don't think leaders realize how much that powerful. motivates, how powerful that is, yeah. how much it motivates employees and how much it motivates peer to peer leader to leader right
0: and it it promotes team spirit and camaraderie teamwork right and And not competitive like I'm a competitive person I grew up playing sports oh yeah but I want my team to win right I, I don't want to win without them and I think that's a distinction that leaders have to kind of come to terms and learn and I think some of it is um naivete of certain leaders who may be in newer positions and I think some of it is is you could have been in a position for a very long time but it's a different style command and control doesn't work you know versus empowerment it will get you what you need done probably not in the most efficient or the best way or even maybe in the highest quality way possible but so those are things where you start to think about how do you motivate people and that's where you want them to act like owners you got to empower them you got to show trust and you got to extend trust in there um <laughs> one more book to throw out go so <laughs> I okay so so
1: for our listeners I kind of gave her a hard time I said you know you went a whole show without uh, giving me a book to read I'm I'm feeling like uh I'm not getting any good good intel so so I'm I'm giving you okay. your
0: money's worth in this show <laughs> so Stephen Covey um there's two so there's Stephen Covey and I think it's Stephen M.R. Covey is the son he wrote a book called Speed of Trust okay and it's a really good book that is it's a In my opinion, I think there are two types of books in terms of business books. I think there are books that I read that I'm like, oh, this is amazing. I've never heard of this before. This is fascinating, new content. And then there are books that you read and you're like, yes yes, that is, I live with this every day, right? Right. To me, that's what the speed of trust is. It's one of those books that you're going to relate to. And you're like, I could have written this book if I had just sat down and thought (laughs) about all of the things and put it together as nicely as he did. Um, But he does a really nice job of talking about trust in an organization and how it actually, this is what's interesting in some of the content with what Sandy was talking about, is it goes from something very, very, abstract mm-hmm. to concrete because it impacts your operational results so if you can think about that from an organization and think about if i can instill trust and extend trust in my em- to my employees then they're going to perform better which is going to drive better results for me as an organization and he talks about there's two components that start to make up trust so it's based on our character okay how we treat one at courtesy which is another great example and our competence so you can't have one or the other you really need to have both and i think anybody could attest to that i'd rather work with someone any day who has more character over competence you can teach competence you can teach that you can't teach character no and that's what we have to hire for as well and you know when we talked
1: uh talk about leadership and i I know that uh, with the baldridge foundation um category one what is that
0: so if you guys recall and when we had uh, paul grizel on who is a um baldridge consultant and obviously we're co-sponsored by the Baldridge Foundation. And so just to kind of remind everyone, because it has been a little while since we've talked about it. So the Baldridge Performance Excellence Framework is a framework of principles, processes that's designed to help organizations create a level of excellence in the in their economy essentially. And the global economy is where it kind of was started. Um, the it has seven categories that are directly actually tied back to our organizational hierarchy of needs right and so category one is leadership and we're actually we'll have on our show in a few weeks um, al faber who's the president of the baldridge foundation oh wow okay and he will talk about how significant leadership is leadership and that level of curiosity that we alluded to last week with sandy because leadership is intentionally the first category even above strategy because leadership with or without a good strategy will make or break that any day.
1: And it also goes a lot into leadership and character. Yes. And that once you embrace these principles, you it's hard to be a leader without good character. It's right. hard to be a leader without compassion. It's hard to be, and I found that interesting. Ben posed it to one of our guests and said, since you've started doing this, do you find yourself in other situations thinking differently? using this same model of, yes you know character above um you know what you know your competence what you know, yeah. Co- yeah, what you know. It was it was very interesting and everyone says you can't you can't start this journey and not have it change other parts of your life
0: yes it bleeds over absolutely um and and you can't unlearn some of these things right like once you're exposed to it it just makes so much sense it's so intuitive that you're thinking kind of like the book you're like oh, why didn't i write, read this why didn't i write this you know this is something where everyone can relate to and that's kind of the the layer within which is around leadership we talked about some of the things that common leadership mistakes are there
1: some are there some things
0: teams can do wrong as well Yes, and I think you could probably take every single one of those leadership mistakes and relate it to a team. (laughs) team. Yeah, so the things that I think um, teams struggle with, and this is maybe just a couple that come to mind for me, would be, but I think one is not actually operating as a team. And typically, if we don't have that shared purpose, then you're not going to do that. And that's required of leadership to communicate what that is and with their team to figure that out. Like Sandy mentioned, you know, their purpose of to serve with compassion their team came up with that right not not senior leaders and i think that again is the level of leadership is being able to actually delegate and and support your team and trust your team to come up with really good right. solutions um so back to your question around team building i think one taking on too much as well is another thing because sometimes we can't say no and that's just going to create a problem when we have too much honest you're not good at doing anything because you're just stretched too thin right the
1: big big talk about focus mm-hmm. you know pick your your what, what is the main focus or she she outlined four things that we want to do and and she said we stick to these four things right, right now these are our four things
0: right and and it it lends itself as an organization for you to say if anything i'm doing doesn't go back and support either my ability to serve with compassion or meet those four priorities that they addressed which were safety courtesy show and which was their environment and efficiency then you have to say if it's contradicting or conflicting with that do we really need to do it because it probably shouldn't be done or we should rethink how it's going to be done
1: right or it goes on the side list until we decide to revisit it well this is a good deep dive again she set the groundwork great talk about um leadership uh compelling leadership and thank you for the references oh things that people people can read and find (laughs) out more i love this i love you i feel like i get a whole new reading list thanks to everyone for joining us on leader dialogue this week remember if you want to listen to us live it's every friday at one o'clock eastern time to hear this episode again or to listen to any of our previous episodes visit leader dialogue slash podcast
0: Dot com leaderdialogue.com slash podcast oh all right
1: leaderdialogue.com slash podcast how do I keep writing that wrong how many times how long have we been doing <laughs> that this that curse of knowledge you just I, assume it there yeah. you go I just assume know. I just assume people know <laughs> yeah. on behalf of Jennifer and the vacationing Ben who <laughs> will be back for the next show okay all right Otherwise, gonna a Hawaiian shirt. Is he going to rub it in our face? That's probably. Wanna, he probably, probably is. with a tie. With oh yeah, a Hawaiian <laughs> shirt with a tie. He likes his ties. <laughs> and our producers, Mike and Trey. Thanks so much for joining us. I'm Duffy Dixon. We'll see you next time on Leader Dialogue on Business Radio X. Thanks, Duffy.